All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener or maybe you've been here all along, all 400 episodes, whatever it is, thanks for joining us today. It's a good one, Tim. It's nice. No interviews, no real massive groundbreaking news, so we can just chat. We can have an honest conversation. we got a few fun things to talk about. A couple tweets we're going to address. Fans tweeted us, and we read those, and we you know we react to them, and sometimes we like to talk about them on air. So that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be a nice, relaxed, casual show. But first, first things first, Brendan Lemieux. Takeaways. So Tim and I, we, we um we talk during the interview to, to make sure the interview is flowing. We'll send each other's messages because we don't have the luxury of being in the studio together anymore because Tim up and left me unbelievably still reeling over that, that, that heartbreak tearing away. So anyways, we were, we were messaging back and forth. Where should we take this? What do we ask next? We like to keep our guests comfortable, especially Brendan. Because we knew we wanted to ask him about the the, the Brady Kachuk incident. We, we knew we had to just ease into it. You can't just lead with that and like put him on his heels right away. It's not good. We want to be classy about it. And it all worked out because he was such a – he's a really nice guy. The, the persona he puts on the ice is completely different from how he is in real life, in person, talking to him before the show, after the show. We chat quite a bit. And he's a nice kid. So that being said, the interview itself started off slow. I think Brendan was – you know, dipping a toe in, really just taking it easy. Then then we went for it. He was flamethrowing everything. He was throwing daggers. He was being nice to people. Tony Delangelo, the Kachuk biting thing, all the trades, the coaching staffs, everything. He was being very open, and I loved it. Midway through the interview, I, te- I texted Tim, or I messaged him. I said, this is great. This is great stuff. I love this. You're being super honest. And the fallout is what's expected. There, there's been... Article after article, people are picking this up and they're just going after Brendan. And I, I don't like it. Like what he's behind the eight ball already because you're going up against the, the Kachuk conglomerate, Kachuk conglomerate that's in Canada. You have the Ottawa fan base, you have the Calgary fan base, and then you have the whole country as a whole. They love those two guys. And then you go up against the Lemieux. Everybody hates his dad. Everybody hates his dad. That guy was 
the instigator of all instigators, the rat of all rats, you name it. He did it on the ice. He was just a pest. You think of the pest these days, the Marchands, the Clutterbucks, the whoever it may be. He was them times a million. And so he's already behind the eight ball. Everybody's going after him. I don't like it. What do you, what did you think of the reaction, Tim, to the, to Wednesday's interview? I, I think people are so dug in on their opinions and dug in on like their fan base. I thought for sure that sharing this side of the story, similar story, like hearing you talk about your side of the Phil Kessel incident for the first time. And I was like, whoa, that changes everything. Right. And I kind of thought we'd see a similar thing here. And it was just all the Ottawa Senators fans just dug in and just like, this doesn't change anything. He's a POS. He's a brickhead. He's all this stuff. And watch the tape, watch the tape. And, you know, I did watch the tape and he's got a point. And so you don't see specifically like the, the fingers in the eyes and who knows what happened. But I believe him. I believe that he's being honest when he says it. And yeah, I think there's a little bit of persona thing. I, he's still like a cocky, confident, a little bit of like frat bro energy, but he's also very nice, um, very respectful. I thought he was great. And so I thought maybe we'd see a little bit of a turnaround of, of public opinion on him, but doesn't seem like he's changing anyone's minds. No, he didn't. He didn't persuade anybody. If anything, it just rehashed the whole scenario, and everyone's like, "How dare you bring this up again? You're a dirtbag. We hate you. We hate you." Good. I'm glad they do. I think it's good when players are hated. I'm excited to see their meeting in November. I think they play the first game November 27th. Ottawa Senators, L.A. Kings. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, especially now that Matthew is out of Calgary. He's in Florida, so they don't play each other that much because he he pretty much called out Matthew too. You know, that. they're one and the same, you know, those two clowns. So that was, it was, it was great. It was a good interview. I loved it. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because it, it was fantastic. You know, we, we just put the full episode up on YouTube, didn't we, Tim? We did, yep. Check his shiner out. Guy just got nailed in a puck by Jonathan Quick. So very, very, very good story. While I was on Twitter looking at the reactions to this Brendan Lemieux interview, I, I came across another tweet, and you came across this too, Tim. It's it's a friend of the show, a fan. He, he's very active. Tim actually went on his podcast, so he's he's got his own podcast. Very knowledgeable hockey guy. And what did he tweet at us, Tim? Yeah, this is uh, Michael. He said, you tweeted one of the episodes out, and he said, it's amazing you're giving the Yotes so much crap, and yet you believe Bedard will turn the Sabres into something better. Seriously. Strong words. Strong words. And I I want to address it. I, I don't remember ever saying Bedard would turn them around. Maybe I did. I will say this. Even if the Sabres don't get Bedard, even if they somehow don't get the first overall pick, which I don't think they will. I think they're going to have a very strong team this year. Looking at the two franchises, the Buffalo Sabres and the Arizona Coyotes, they could not be further apart developmentally wise, projection wise, franchise wise. The Buffalo Sabres, they try to win every single year. They go out and and you can't fault them for trying. What you can fault them for is just really bad GM work or just bad luck overall. They they go out, they spend money getting Skinner, bringing uh, all these Hawk Ocposo in, bringing Taylor Hall in. They're spending money, Tim. They are trying. The Arizona Coyotes, they're not. When you go back and you look at their, sa- their salary cap they've spent, their projected cap space, they're always bottom of the league. They're always sniffing the, the floor. When you look at their team this year, they have $20 million that they still have left to spend. 
when you look at their best players, Clayton Keller, he makes 7.15. Nick Schmaltz makes 5.85. After that, it's like Andrew Ladd makes five and a half. He was he was a contract that they took on to get a draft pick. You have other players like that on their lineup. Shane Goss's beer, same thing. They picked him up to get a draft draft pick. Their best player, Jacob Chitron, the one guy. I asked him before we came on the air because we were talking about this tweet. It's like, who who would you like to build your team around if you were the Arizona Coyotes? And the one guy would be Jacob Chitra. Like, are you really going to build your franchise around Clayton Keller? A good forward, rightfully so. A 5'10", a buck 70, doesn't really, you know, get into the areas where you want to get to. He's he's not going to, you know, surprise anybody to be a physical presence. He's not an Ovechkin. He's not a Crosby. He doesn't have a shot to be a, a Stamkos or a Kutra. He's just a good all-around player. Can you build your franchise around him? Reminds me of like a, a Dylan Larkin, maybe, but slower. I don't think so. Can you build your franchise around Nick Schmaltz? A good centerman? Not great. Good. Can you build your franchise around a Lawson Kraus? A big, big bodied forward, 6'4", loves frame. But, you know, he, he's going to get you 40 points. The guy you build your franchise around is Jacob Chitrin, and he's out the door. He's already got his bag packed. His name's been floating on the market for the last year and a half. He hates being in Arizona. So, to say that I dump on Arizona and just put Buffalo on a, on a mantle, I do. When, when you look at these two franchises, when you look at where they're heading, where they've been, and when you look at their history, I like Buffalo. I do. They have a, a prospects pool that's, that's good. They have good young players already in the system with Rasmus Dahlin. You got Owen Power, who's going to jump in and play right away. You have good young players up front that can – take the reins from the the Eichel who left. You make that trade. All of a sudden you have Peyton Krebs. You get um, Alex Tuck. These are good serviceable NHL forwards. And then lo and behold, you have Dylan Cousins, friend of the show. He came on the Alaskan assassin. He's or the, the jackknife from yellow knife, the guy. And then we are not even talking about their best player in my mind, Tage Thompson, who was just, just came out of, not came out of nowhere last year, but he just found his own point per game guy, big physical, only 24 years old. These are guys I can build my franchise around. So I, I, I don't know. Yes, I know I dump on Arizona a lot. Buffalo at least has a direction. They know what they're doing. They, they can look in their future and they say, you know what? In three, four years, we're going to be a pretty darn good team. We have Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousin, Tage Thompson. We got Vinny Hinestraza. He's okay. I guess I'm not going to lump in there. We got Casey Middlestead. We got Alex Tuck. We got Rosmus Dahlin. We got Owen Power. We have good players. Yes, we need to address the goaltending situation. Yes, we need some more firepower up front. We have some good young defensemen who will grow into that, you know, 1A superstar defenseman mold. Hopefully, you know, when you when you spend a number one overall pick on a guy, you you hope he's going to develop into that guy. You can't say that about Arizona, Tim. Am I crazy to say this? Like, I know I dump on Arizona a lot, but I think it's justified. They're 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 a bad franchise. Yeah, I mean, these are these are we're talking about two teams who are out of the playoff picture. Buffalo, I think we could say probably take some steps this year, but they're not a playoff team yet, especially in their division. So, like, I, I get lumping them in together where they're both kind of the bottom of the barrel, and they're both maybe like bottom ten teams. But Arizona's a bottom five, bottom three, like whatever you want to, however you want to square it. And there's like you said, like it's not personal 
you like the Coyotes, but like you got to be frustrated if you're a fan of there. Like this, the lack of direction, the lack of sense that we're building something because they're not even in, in no man's land. It's like they're they're not even on the map. You know, like Buffalo's got those picks. Even if you look at their roster, I'm on cap friendly right now on their NHL roster for the Coyotes. They've only drafted three of those guys. It's Clayton Keller, Christian Fisher and Barrett Hayden, who's not even signed. And they've got they they have drafted a good chunk of the defense, but it's just like they're not growing and developing. And usually, when you see a team who's this bad for so long, eventually the, all those high draft picks turn into you know NHL caliber star players and all that. And you just haven't seen it with the Coyotes, and you don't get the sense that like the ownership and the the team is just working toward a goal. You don't see that progress happening like you do see with with Buffalo, for example, or like all the teams that have had to rebuild over the years uh Ottawa Detroit like they have been just as bad at different points but they build back up and just just not seeing the same thing from Arizona no and even like you mentioned the the draft picks the, the Coyotes have had high draft picks the last few years when you go back and you look at the draft history they don't have anybody of note playing on their team right now this year they get Logan Cooley controversial pick maybe you know Wright was there we'll see Number nine overall last year, Dylan Gensier. We'll see how he pans out. The year before that, they get um, Victor Sodenstrom. No idea where he is right now. 2018, the number five overall pick, Barrett Hayden, still playing in the OHL. Um, The 2007 draft, first round pick, Pierre Oliver Joseph. I don't know where he is. 2016 overall draft, that's where you get your Clayton Keller. So that's it. 2015, Dylan Strom, not on the team anymore. 2014, Brandon Perolini, not really sure what happened to him. 2013, Max Domi, not on the team anymore. 2012, Henrik Samuelson, uh, I don't know where he went or if he even played in the NHL. So you you don't have those impactful first-round players playing a huge part in your franchise. So it's just not happening. And I, I just, it irked me. It really did. So that's all I'm going to say on it. I, I I don't want to dump on the Arizona Coyotes, but it's too hard. It's it's too easy to, you know what I mean? It, it's just, I want them to be good. I think that's why it's so frustrating where I, I look at them. I look at their fan base. I look at everything. It's like, you guys could be really good if you just like tried a little bit and it's just not happening. So I'll try to ease up whoever it was, Matthew, whoever it was Michael. who tweeted us, Michael, Michael. Yeah. I'll try to ease up, but you, you you have to give me something. Like when you look at the Sabres drafts over the last few years, Owen Power, he's he's making a he'll make a huge impact this year for the Buffalo Sabres. They got Dylan Cousins two years ago. He's playing great. Rasmus Dahlin three years ago. Casey Middlestead four years ago. Nylander five years ago. That was a swing and a miss. Jack Geichel got a boatload for him in a trade return. Sam Reinhardt the year before got a boatload for him in a trade return. Rasmus Sistrelina and Nikita Zadorov both played well for the Sabres. Got a boatload for both of them when they traded them. The year before that, Zemgus Gergensen, Mikhail Gregorenko. Ugh, Griggs did not work out. Gergensen's still on the team. Good little player. 2011, Joel Armia. Good player traded with uh, Brendan Lemieux as part of that big trade with the Winnipeg Jets. Year before that, Mark Pissick, still a good serviceable defenseman. Year before that, Zach Cassian. He's had a great career. Year before that, Tyler Myers, Tyler Ennis, two good NHL players. So they have good NHL caliber players they're picking in the first round who did make a difference on their team or other teams throughout their career. So it's not like Buffalo 
isn't drafting good players. They're drafting good first rounders, guys who make a difference. And maybe that's just a case of they're investing. And it's weird to say, cause Buffalo still stinks. Let's not, you know, look at this any other way. Buffalo still is a bad team, but compared to Arizona, they're like Stanley cup champions. You know what I mean? Their scouts are finding good players who do make the NHL roster and Arizona's just, they're just not. So I don't moving on. Speaking of these two teams, Tim was doing a little digging and you found something that's quite interesting. This to me would have never happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago. This trend started, I want to say in the last decade and I don't know where it started. I don't know why it started. I don't know why it's still around, but 20, 30 years ago, this would never have been even questioned. Like you go into the season, you name a captain. Now, Tim, what's, what's going on today in today's game? Yeah, uh, the NHL tweeted out this graphic, and I knew there were a couple of teams that didn't have captains, but there are actually seven in the league that don't have captains. Some of them have named their A's, some haven't. And I thought it would be fun to see, like, if we had to name captains for each of these teams today, who would we pick? And some of them you kind of look at it like, okay, there's some obvious ones here. Some of them it's like scraping the barrel. So I think let's let's kind of go through line by line and see, like, first let's start alphabetical order, the Anaheim Ducks. If you had to pick a captain today, who's, who's your guy? Oh, gosh. It... <sighs> I don't know because do you go here's the thing with captains what do you do do you go with a veteran who's been around you know you can rely on but maybe won't be with your team for a long period of time we'll get to the Seattle Kraken where they named Mark Giordano the first captain guy's been around the league for 20 years you know what you're getting but there is that expectation that hey he's going to be gone probably this year the longest term he'll be there is a year and a bit and he was gone. So now they already have to name their second captain in franchise history, and they would have been around for a year. So the Anaheim Ducks, do they have good young players, Tim? Do they have guys who you're, you're confident will be on this team for the next decade, who you can build your team around, and this is our guy? Is it a Maxime Comtois? Is it, a, is it an Isaac Lundstrom? I don't know. There's, By the way, I was <laughs> gutted. When Brendan Lemieux had no idea who Isaac Lindstrom was. That was such an awkward little moment. Oh, man. And I don't know how many of our listeners pick it up when I talk about Isaac. I like this player. He just resigned with Anaheim two years, 1.8 per year. So he's getting decent money. He does play center. He's a good player. Lemieux had no idea who he was. Like, no clue. And it's it wasn't like I'm talking about a team in Carolina who we maybe face twice a year. I'm talking about it like down the highway from him, interstate, interhighway rival, Isaac Lundstrom. And he's not some schmelt. He's the centerman for their third line. Oh, man, I Which was, is who Brendan probably played a lot against, you know. I know. Fourth line. I was just like, what? Oh, okay. Sorry. I was expecting some kind of reaction. That It was actually an epic reaction from him. But anyways, back to the captains. You go Trevor Zegras. The, f- the face of the franchise now, front page of the new NHL 2023. What a stupid pick that was. That's a whole other story. You go Drysdale, a young defenseman who you know is going to be just a stud. Or do you go the other alternate route? Do you go a veteran who's been with the team for a long time, who's been around the way, who is just that calming presence at Adam Enrique? Do you go with a Cam Fowler, a Kevin Shattenkirk? I'm just beating around the bush here. I think they have to go. If they are going to pick a captain, you you have to go with Trevor Zegras. He's their first line center. 
the front cover of the NHL 2023. He does the fancy moves. He, he's going to be there for a long time. I don't see anybody else in the forward groups. Maybe Troy Terry, maybe. But I think if if they should name someone captain, but it's it's got to be Zegras. Don't, don't what do you think? Yeah, it's tough because like he is still so young. He's twenty one years old. He's a well spoken, confident kid. Everyone loves him. Everyone you know speaks highly of him. But is he like ready? Is he Landeskog? Is he Taze? Is he Stamkos where he's taking on that mantle at such a young age and putting up the numbers with it? I don't know. I doesn't seem like I feel like he could be. He's definitely the future of their franchise. But like. I think maybe because maybe it's Shattenkirk for me. He's like, he's the the guy, the proven, I don't know if he's been an all-star, but he's put up decent numbers before, like more than, than Fowler. Strom is brand new. Enrique and Silverberg are just sort of like, they're veterans, but they, they're not leading that team. Uh, Troy Terry would be in the mix as well. But if I, if I'm one, if I want a leader on the team, a veteran who's going to guide these young players, for me, that would be Kevin Shattenkirk. Wow. I think he's too old. I think he's out the door after this year. He's 33. His best years are behind him. And I just think he doesn't have that personality. He doesn't have that leadership quality. If if he would have had that leadership quality, I think he would have already been a captain already in his career. He has the talent level to be a captain. I, I just don't I don't see it from him. I think if you're going to give it to a veteran, it'll be Enrique. I think the players respect him. He's been a captain before in his life. Wasn't he the captain in New, Jer- in New Jersey? I think he was. No, I don't know. Definitely don't definitely so. had an A. Yeah. But I thought he was the captain. But anyways, I think it's going to be Zegers or Troy Terry. Those are the two picks. Those are the two logical picks. Young guys, they'll be on the team for a long time, and they're talented. They're, they're on your first line. So those are my picks. All right, Tim, who's next? Uh, the Coyotes. Uh, I should want to save them for last or what? No. Let's get it uh, I can't. With. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't bag on the Coyotes. Okay. The obvious pick is Clayton Keller, right? You just locked him up for what? Seven years to 27, 28 at $7.15 million a year. You've invested in him. You have to give him the C. The only other guy who's you got in the long-term deal is Lawson Kraus. I think you invested in Clayton Keller. You spent the first round pick on him. Now you're paying him this boatload of money. Who else are you going to pick? It's Schmaltz, Keller, or Kraus. Those are the only guys who can justify putting putting the C on their chest. And all three of them, I think, are just good, good players. You got perfect world to give it to Chitron. He's the guy. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the big moose on the back end. He's he's your prototypical perfect captain. Big, strong, handsome guy. Just you. From Boca Raton, Florida. Doesn't know where he's going to play internationally yet. Canada, the United States. Probably will pick the USA. 6-2, 2-10. I would pick him in a heartbeat. But they can't because he doesn't want to play there because he hates Arizona. Who are you picking in Arizona, Tim? Yeah, it's Clayton Keller. Like you said, he's. I'm not excited about it. He's the face of the franchise at this point. He's the one they've locked up. He's the guy that if they're going to build around, it's going to be him, especially up front. So he's my pick. He's not my favorite. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pick a captain again this year. But if I had to pick one, that's the guy. You think what's the average height of captains in the NHL? That's a serious question. Like, who do you think uh, the shortest captain is right now? We've had this conversation before, and people tweeted at us like Marty St. Louis was a captain at one point. Gianta. Uh, yeah, but right now in the NHL. <laughs> 
I feel like taller people get more respect. And that's a proven fact. There's been studies on this. People like taller people overall in general. They get higher pay. They get better jobs. Women like taller men better. Just It's a fact. It's it's a scientifically proven fact. I'm, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole after this podcast. I'm going to go check out every single captain in the NHL and get their statistics. What do you think the average height and weight of all the captains in the whole NHL averaged out? What, what is the height and weight of everybody? I'm not very good with weight, but I'll, I'll say 6'1 and 210. I was going to say the exact same number. 6'1, 210. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that in Chara obviously skewed that, so it's good that he's gone. I think 6'1, yeah. 210 is, is going to be average captain in the NHL. Clayton Keller's 5'10, 160 pounds. What was Doesn't that demand a, respect? What did Patrick Sharp used to say about like his NHL six body? Six foot two hundred, six foot two hundred pounds, perfect athlete. Yeah, he would say that all the time. He would, we would be doing like a, a drill as a team, and he, he's, he was so good. Like a, he was just an athlete. And we doing box jumps and stuff, and he would just kill it. He'd come down and be like, oh, Sharpie, six foot, 200 pounds, perfect athlete, boys. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I would do it and fail and be like, six, eight, 270, sucks at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, six, six foot, 200 pounds is, the, according to Patrick Sharp, the prototypical perfect athlete. By the way, Sharpie, he could become the new like radio guy in Chicago because Eddie Olchuk just left. He's going out to Seattle. Big get by the Seattle Kraken to get Eddie Olchuk. He's he's the best of the best when it comes to color commentary in the NHL. Oh, so incredibly good. He's going out to Seattle. So Chicago, they're they're looking, and they like to keep things in, in-house there. So Patrick Sharp could potentially get that job. Moving on, the aforementioned Buffalo Sabres. Has, haven't had a captain since Jack Eichel said, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to leave. So now we there's so many good picks. Hey, again, Arizona, not really a good pick. The Sabres have a lot of good options to be captain this coming season. If they give someone the C, Tim, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I go back and forth. And part of me wanted to pick uh, Dylan Cousins. And again, I don't watch every game. And just having Marty Biron on the show last year, and he talked about how impressed he was with like his leadership and intelligence and hockey IQ and the way he approaches it. And I think he'll probably have the A you know, before long, but he's not my captain. If I'm picking the guy, I'm picking the guy that they really kind of showed us who he was and he's a leader on and off the ice. And that's Alex Tuck. That's, wow. that's the guy you go to war for. And I, uh, I mean, there are so many good picks because like Tage Thompson just stepped up and had a big year. Um, Poso has been around forever, but I think probably Tuck is the guy I put the C on. Man, I, I think it's Tage. Do you know how tall Tage Thompson is? No, six foot two hundred. He's six foot six. Are you serious? He's huge. What? He's a, well, I don't... He's a mountain of a man. Why well, don't I know moves. that? He he moves like he's six foot. The way he gets around the ice, the way he handles the puck, he he is going. If he has put it all together, we saw that last year. He had sixty eight points in seventy eight games. They really gave him a just an expanded you know opportunity, and he just took off. He's always been an okay player, maybe not offensively gifted, but just he, he's a physical player. He gets involved. And boy, oh boy, he take off last year. And they, they really trusted him, and he he nailed it. I think he is their captain. They just invested in him long-term. They're going to be paying him $7-plus million for seven years, six years. 
you got to give him a C. But then you wouldn't go wrong giving it to, and this is this might sound far fetched. Owen Power, Wait, a young no. kid coming in. You he can't give it to him this yet. year. What's that? He hasn't played an NHL game. I, I, I was just you cannot give it to him this year. You wait a year and you give it to him. Very few defensemen come out of the draft with this much excitement surrounding him. Another six foot six, just mountain of a man. And he can put the puck in the net. The guy averaged a point per game in university, goes on the international stage, does the same thing. I, uh, do you wait and give it to Owen Power? Or do you give it to Tage Thompson? Now, those are my two options. I don't think Alex Tuck, I don't, I don't think he, he's in that territory. He wasn't drafted by the Sabres. I, I don't know. And mind you, I know Tage Thompson wasn't. They got him in a trade for Ryan O'Reilly. But he has come into his own with the Buffalo Sabres. So he feels like a hometown guy. So there's just Thompson. There's Cousins. There's I don't think they give it to Darlene. There's already so much bad blood there. I, I don't think – I just don't like Darlene. So I, I'm going Power, Thompson, or Darlene with Thompson getting it. Thompson Thompson's my guy. And you think so Tuck, Tuck's not even on your top three? He's not wearing the A? Tuck doesn't get a letter. I think you keep it with Ocposo. He is a veteran guy. He's there for one more year. So I think this year he keeps the A. You give the C to Tage Thompson, and you got to have a, a letter on the back end. Gosh, do you give it to Darlene? Gosh. I was going to say, the, the power pick is still confusing to me because they have another number one overall defenseman who's played. I know, but if I'm now. taking a number one pick, I'm taking Owen Power or Rasmus Darlene. He's just, ugh, you got to give it to a defenseman. Do you? You give it to Cousins. You give the A to Cousins. You go three up front. You go A. Ocposo, A. Dylan Cousins, C. Tage Thompson, Stanley Cup. In five years. Love it. But we're, we're, we're solving problems here. They should have a rule. And I will say this. Going back to the Anaheim Ducks, their captain should be John Gibson. He's probably the biggest voice, voice in the locker room. He's the most respected guy in that team, hands down, throughout the league. But you can't give a goalie a seat. We know that. They tried it in Vancouver with uh, Bobby Lou. The league didn't like it. Said, no, no, no. You got to be able to talk to the ref, and the goalie can't do it. So, yes. John Gibson would be the guy in Buffalo. They got old man River uh, Anderson there, so they, he would be a good pick too. Moving on. The team that had a captain, the team that lost a captain, Calgary Flames, brought in Jonathan Huberto, brought in Nazim Kadri, Stanley Cup champion, have some good veteran leadership. Not a lot of home, you know, young talent there anymore, but a lot of just veterans who have been around, have had A's on their chest before, who do you think the Calgary Flames are going to get to be their captain team? Because they, they will pick a captain. That's for sure. Well, again, it's hard to say just because we don't watch every game. We're not in the room. Like, there's so many dynamics that are at play here. But looking at the roster and looking at what I know about the players, to me, that pick is Elias Lindholm. He's been there arguably, especially with the guys that were left, like their most consistent player. He's 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 blossomed into a 40-goal scorer. He's really, really good. He plays. He's he's also a very good two way player. He's responsible. His hockey IQ is off the charts. He's he's getting selkie votes now. So he's my guy. Um, especially since your best players are brand new. Huberto is brand new. Kadri's brand new. Um, you could look at like a Hannafin, but he seems like he's kind of a quieter guy. And then Toffoli, but he doesn't seem like he's got the material. So that would be Lindholm for me. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a very very tough pick because. Lindholm didn't even have a letter last year. You know, it was Kachuk, it was Gaudreau, and it was Backlund. So do you all of a sudden vault him to the captaincy over Michael Backlund, the guy who's been there since he was drafted? 
a guy who's played over how many games has he played for Calgary? Almost 900 games, all played with the Calgary Flames. You, you jump over Michael Backlund for a, a Lindholm. Oh, it's so tough. I think you you go with the one guy you brought in, Jonathan Huberto. I really do. I think he he is he's earned respect. He's been in the league for a long time. He's proven that he's a leader. He's played internationally for Team Canada. He's going to be your best player. He signed for another seven years. He's making big do re me. This is your guy. You brought him in. You, maybe you wait till the end of training camp to the maybe the first month of the season to to say he's our captain, or you just do it right away. But I, I think Johnny Huberto is the captain. You keep Backlund as your assistant, and then you give Rasmus Anderson the A on the back end. I like giving letters to people with term. I don't like giving a letter to a guy with one or two years. Makes me nervous, especially when they will enter the you know unrestricted free agency. Do you give Kadri a letter? You know, he, he signed there long-term. He bought into the to the system. Do you give Manji and Pani an A? There's a lot of good options on this team. Even a player like you mentioned, Tyler DeFoley. You know, he's been on good teams. He's well-respected. The guys like him. So that's my pick. I think Jonathan Huberto. I think this one is, is fairly – it's a tough one because Lindholm is so good, Tim. I, I, I think Huberto. I think Huberto. Yeah. And then maybe Backlund too, though, because I don't it's know how the locker room to have. Yeah. Yes. This is the opposite problem we find ourselves in with Arizona, where it's like, we have to give it to somebody. Who do we give it to? Here, you have so many good options. A guy who's been there his whole career, almost played a thousand games with your franchise, or an MVP candidate who we just brought in. It's a luxury that few teams have. But yes, it's a, it's, it's a very strange problem for a team to have, have that is competing for a Stanley Cup. Usually teams going for a Stanley Cup who are the high-end elite teams, their captain's locked in long-term. You look at Colorado, you look at Tampa Bay, you look at Toronto, you look at all these higher Edmonton. There's no question who, tam- who the leaders are on that team. Calgary is such a very strange situation where their two leaders jump ship. They're gone. They bring in two guys, hopefully, to replace those guys. And it's like, well, who's our leaders now? We don't know. Is it the guy who you know, just came to the team? Can he acclimate himself? Does he, does he have the room's confidence? Or is it somebody who's been here for a long time like Mikhail Backlund? Only time will tell Tim. But it is an interesting situation to think about because it just doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen at all. All right, a team that hasn't had a, had a captain in a long time. Since, since Matt's Pacioretty left, has it been that long? Since uh, Pacioretty left and Montreal yeah. just been captainless for a long time. Like, this is getting absurd. This is the hockey team, the most storied franchise in the NHL. And you're telling me for multiple years – you put out a team without a captain. You didn't give it to Gallagher. You didn't get it to guys who have been there their whole entire career. This this surprises me. And also it angers me a little bit. It's like, what are you doing? Name Gallagher the captain. Like they should have done it two years ago when Patrick left. I don't understand this. You can't give it to Gallagher now because it's like too much time has passed. He was there right when Patrick left. Why wouldn't you have done it right away? So Montreal Canadiens, Tim, we have three more left. We've got the Canadians, Flyers, and the Kraken. Who will be wearing the C for the Canadians? They probably won't because there's such weenies in Quebec. Not Quebec as a whole, but in Montreal. Who, who's If they will name a captain, Tim, who is it going to be? Well, I like you said, I really want it to be Gallagher. I feel like he's deserved it. He's been there. He's he's that's a guy that we do know a lot about. Like how hard he plays, the way he sacrifices his body. Like that is a leader. That's a guy that you rally around. But the fact that they haven't had a captain for two years and they didn't give it to him. Like that, 
that surprises me. I don't know the reason for that. I wonder if he like petitioned for himself or try to get that or or what. And so at this point, it's it, it would feel really strange to give it to him now, especially like you've got a young up and coming face of the franchise level player in Nick Suzuki, where he's a guy that locked up, he's gonna be your guy. He's gonna be your guy for the next decade. That's the plan at this point for this team. So do you give it to him now, thinking hopefully he'll take a like a Stan Coast like route over the next ten years or so. But man, like right now, it it should be Gallagher and it should have been Gallagher the last couple of seasons. Should shoulda coulda woulda. It's not him. You know who it's going to be. Friend of the show, Kirby Doc. Uh, yeah, they 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 will not name a captain this year. My prediction will be this: they will not name a captain. Reports are Kirby is in negotiations right now with Kent Hughes, and they're they're working on a long term deal to lock this guy up for a long time. He's going to be your potential one A centerman. I know Suzuki's filled that spot right now, but Kirby's going to come in and say, "No, no, 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 no. This is my town now. This is I, I'm Kirby Doc." Darn it. So I think next year, Kirby Doc will be named captain. Suzuki's good. I don't think he's a captain. Gallagher, like you said, should have been named captain years ago. They dropped the ball on that. They should have handed the baton to him. It was the obvious choice. I don't know why they didn't. Maybe some inner workings going on there. The other longer-term contract guys, Josh Anderson, consistently on the trade, trade block. He's not going to get it. Nobody on the back end. To me, has that captain, you know, personality. Michael Matheson, uh, I don't know. So, to me, right now, no captain this year for the Montreal Canadiens. Next year, Kirby Doc. He'll be turning 22. Montreal, what? We don't even know if he's like a full-time NHL player. Like, he's... What? He's been in the show for three years. Yeah, on and off. He hasn't produced a ton. This is like... This is his prove it chance. This is not like you. What argument could you make for picking him over Suzuki? He's taller. Oh yeah, who's that? I didn't want to bring it up. I, I don't want to be, um, you know, tallest or whatever the ism is on being tall. But I just think, uh, yeah, he's, he demands respect. Or do you wait three years and give it to Slav- Slavkovsky? Why? Why is Suzuki not? I don't understand that. Why does he not be your pick if you want to go the young route? He's already ready. He's there. He's there, he's, but he's already been, you know, he's been there for three years. He's not even an A. He's, he's a good player. I don't think he's a great, great player like Kirby Doc is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I like Kirby Doc more than I like Nick Suzuki. I don't know why. I just think Kirby, he's uh, even, we had him on the show twice. He seems like a captain. Montreal. Should have named Gallagher captain. Now they got Paulie Biron. He should be captain too. I like Paulie Biron, but he's 33. You know, he's going to be out the door soon. Gallagher is still signed for five more years. That's 6.5. Do you sign him and then send him down to the minors as a captain? Does that, has that ever happened? Your captain gets put, put on waivers and sent down to the minors. If, if so, maybe, or do you give it to Carey Price? Guy who's making the most money in your team, but he's going to be on the LTIR. I don't know. I don't know what to do, Tim. They got a lot of decent players, but no one who really just just oozes captaincy material. All right, gun to your head. Who are you picking? Is it Nick Suzuki? Yeah, yeah. Kirby Doc. Two two years <laughs> from now, Kirby Doc. Hello, right. Zeta. He was on the friend of the show too. 
Yeah, a distant friend. Not not like Kirby. Not like I can almost guarantee we won't have Pizzette on the show again. Kirby could. We could yeah. have Kirby on for the third time. Our first our first three time guest. That'd be well. Who who do we we've had Reeves on twice? Kirby might have twice. been three times. Kirby has been on twice. Kirby, Nathan Kirby. Gerbs has been on twice. Remember, I didn't even want to come on once. You're like, get Gerby, get Gerby. Like, I don't want to get Nathan Gerby. And he would turn out to be a great guest. All right, moving on. The Philadelphia Flyers, Tim. Claude Giroux left last year. Gaping hole. No one is going to be the captain. They got a lot of old guys who have been there a long time. A lot of guys who are, are veteran players in this league. Not a lot of young players on this team. Not a lot of younger guys. Maybe a Joel Farabee to maybe build your franchise around. I ask you this again, Tim. I pose this question to you. Who is the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers next year? Well, they've got a handful of veteran players who have been around, who are good leaders. You've got the the Kevin Hayes of the group. He's worn an A, you know, in multiple teams. He's he's a guy that can lead a locker room. I don't know that. Gosh, he's locked up for four more years. I don't love that contract. Um, you've got JBR. I don't think he's a serious candidate. Cam Atkinson, another leader. I like Couturier a lot. Um, I think he's a super underrated player. I think he's a guy that that you should hurt. build around. He's hurt. Fine. Um, I really like Konechny. That is a player that, like, the, he plays a hard game. He can chip in offensively. He, if you want to go the young route and leading the next generation, which the Flyers desperately need, he's not a bad guy to slap the C on. But, again, this isn't a team that has, like, an obvious <clears throat> choice. So, I guess – I guess Konechny maybe or Couturier. Yeah, I think if Couturier is healthy and he he's back, I don't know his health status right now. I know he's on the injured reserve, but I, I would pick Couturier. I think he he's everything you want a leader to be. He kind of does a little bit of everything. He puts points up. He's on your first line, six foot three. Oh, it just everything about him is a captain to me. So he's been there. He was drafted by Philadelphia. He's played almost eight hundred games there. He's going to finish out his career there, most likely. They Sean Couturier. If he's healthy, if he's on that roster day one when they drop the puck, it's Sean Couturier. Then I agree. I think Konechny's a, a good backup pick. Good, good right winger, kind of in your face, kind of feisty Philadelphia style. You know, the town of brotherly love. Where they just, they're just a bunch of jerks in Philadelphia when it comes to sporting events and fans. Like, they're just intense. Jerks in a good way. They're very intense. They're passionate. I don't see anybody in the back end. Provorov already has the A. Maybe a mistake. They got... Ristolainen, D'Angelo. I want him to be friend of the show, Tony. We got to get him on the show. A couple other veterans, but yeah, I agree. All right, last team, Tim. The Seattle crack. Already had a captain. Got rid of him. They got a couple good, you know, a couple guys who've won a Stanley Cup, Yanni Gord. Who are you going to take? Seattle crack, and who's your captain next year? This actually might be the most difficult one because there are some good players here. The guys that were in the A now are Adam Larson, Yanni Gord, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Eberle. None of those screen captain to me. Um, I'm surprised that that Alexiak didn't get it. I bet he got it certain games during the season. He really has stepped up and blossomed the last two two seasons or so with that um, the run that the Stars went on. I guess if I'm having to pick one of the – and they also had a couple of new players. They got Bjorkstrand. They got Burakovsky. Um Jaden Schwartz, you know, maybe he's the pick. He's not, he's, he doesn't stand above any of the rest of the guys. He's a little bit older. He's 30, but he's locked up for four more years as opposed to Everly. He's 32, only two more seasons. I guess Schwartz would be the pick. 
but I'm not excited about it. I don't know. What do you? What would you say? Yeah, I think Schwartz. They don't have again. Do you wait? You have some good young draft picks coming up. Shane Wright. He could be the guy. He seems like he's got a lot of fire. He's hungry. But I, I, nobody uh, is really jumping off the page. Alexiak is tall. Love that. But again, he's, he's not a good, great defenseman. I think the guy you want to look towards is Jaden Schwartz. I think he's your guy if you got to put a C on somebody's chest. But I think, again, much like the Canadians, I don't think they throw a C on someone's uh, shoulder this season. Out of, out of these teams, Tim, the seven teams, seven out of 32, that's a lot. That's over 25% of the, of the league does not have a captain. Which ones of these teams will name a captain this year? Um, I think the Flames. If I had to pick just one, it'd be the Flames. I agree. I don't see the Ducks naming a captain. Keller might get it for Arizona just because he just signed that big deal. The Sabres, uh, maybe. Flames, I think they will. The Canadians, I don't think will. The Flyers, I don't think will. And the Kraken, I don't think will. It's so sad. I'm I'm changing my answer on the Flyers. It's Kevin Hayes. He's the guy. I don't think he has a personality to it. I think he's too happy. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Goofy a little bit. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Like I would never be captain because I'm too, I, I'm too happy. Go lucky. I think you need a captain who's more serious, who can kind of really get after players. I would get after players, but I would also like jokey jokey. I don't think you can have a guy who's too jokey. I think Hayes is too jokey. You know, you've talked about your favorite captain. You don't have to name any names, but have you been on teams where the captain is like, we're sitting around thinking like, Hey, why isn't he saying something? Why isn't he stepping up? Why is Seems like we have a gap there, even though he's wearing the C. Um, yeah, I started with Miko Koivu in Minnesota, and I, I think he he was just named captain, and I think he took it too serious, to where he went over the top, like screaming all the time, and it was just a little bit much. Where any time there was an opportunity or a situation where, you know, something had to be said, he wouldn't want anybody else to say it, so he would just stand up and start screaming, like Miko, like pump the brakes a little bit. Like we get it. You're the captain. And then I just transitioned right into Johnny Taves and everybody knows Johnny. Like he spoke when you needed to be spoken to other times he'd take you aside and like really, you know, work with you. And this is a 23 year old kid at this point. So he was, he was a great leader. Then I went right into Buffalo and they had um, Jason Palmerville, who was great. Then after that, I went, yeah, I had good captains, went to San Jose and that whole dysfunctional situation with Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski. So it was just weird. Went to Montreal when they had Pacioretty and, um, Subban and they just hated each other. And that was a weird dynamic in that locker room. Walking in there for even only a couple of days, I just felt the tension. It was just like this is this is a terrible locker room being in there. And I was only in that locker room for like I said three days. But you know, Arizona, we had Shane Doan, incredible captain. You know, just demanded respect, never cussed, never really raised his voice. And when he did, you definitely took took notice of him. And he was just a just a good dude, you know. So I have had my mixture of captains. Who was the captain on the Rangers? Did you say that? The captain on the Rangers was Callahan. Uh, and he was one. a great right. captain. And but yeah. they they had just with the Rangers when we went on our run there to the Eastern Conference Finals, we had so many leaders. Lungfist, we had Girardi, we had Callahan, we had was Brad Richards. there. Doobie was yeah, he was there. There were so many guys who McDonough. were just well respected. McDonough was there. So the uh, stall was there. We just had such a good group where it, it was almost a collective team effort where everybody just kind of knew it. Like you, you had a guy like Marion Gabbard who'd been around the league. So yeah, that's all Tim. All right, let's wrap it up here. We, gosh, we, we spent a lot of time on that. Didn't we? It was fun. 
It was fun. a lot of fun. You know what else was fun, Tim? DoorDash. When you when you do a long podcast and you want to get into some food afterwards or maybe crack a couple beers, you use DoorDash because they deliver it to you. And I think I might do that right now. Fire up DoorDash. I'll use my promo code GlovesDDUS because I'm in the U.S. of A. If you're in Canada, use GlovesDD. Get 25% off free delivery on your first order. And they get you your food. They get you your drinks. They get it there hot. They get it there cold, however you want it. Please use DoorDash, everybody. They're a good company. I, I I implore you, if you ever get delivery, if you ever get something, fire up the DoorDash app on your phone, your tablet, your computer, wherever you uh, surf the internet, I guess. DoorDash is there. Check them out. Use our promo codes. Anything else, Tim? Yeah, I got a, just a couple of quick updates around the leagues. The quick hits are brought to you by our friends at PointsBet. The first one is that Mike Sullivan officially signed a three-year contract extension with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I didn't realize. So he began his career with them, 17-18, winning a cup. And he's yep. the first American coach ever to win back-to-back cups, which is crazy. Oh, um, so that's pretty cool and good for them. They they surprised a lot of people. They, they always seem to have injuries and always seem to do fine without. I mean, he was my guys, um, so. assistant coach with the Rangers we were just talking about. Nice guy. Sully. Nice. Like him. Uh, our, our friend Jacob Ottinger signed three years, $4 million per um, Jared I, Ottinger. I don't. I think you always say Jared, but it's Jacob, or vice versa. I think it's Jacob. Jake. Yeah, it's Jake. Jake Ottinger. But there's a cool behind the scenes negotiation video that they released where uh, Hank was on the phone doing his thing. He he, he sounded sounded good. Uh, do you think the underpaid? Are... Underpaid. Yeah, probably. In my opinion, for what he just did. But I think you you do those three years to get him in a free agency. When uh, when when they lost to the the Flames in the playoffs this season, and then Markstrom said to him in the in the in the handshake line, he said, "You're the future, man. You're the future." Because Ottinger was unbelievable during that series. Yep. And so, yeah, he probably will outperform that for three years easily. But then he'll be a free agent, and he's going to be ching ching if he continues this play. All right, what else? James Neal just announced today he's signing a, a PTO with Columbus Blue Jackets. The guy just doesn't want to go away, and he keeps coming back. And it'd be cool to see. I hope he makes that team. Play I with like Johnny it. Hockey on the first line. Who do they got? Ooh. Him, Line A, Neil. Pretty good line. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no center. Just let the puck drop. And, Three wingers. Um, and then trivia question for you. I saw this. I can't verify that it's true, but I believe it because I saw it on the internet. And this is a guy, this is like recent. We're not going ancient history here. Who's the only player in the NHL who captained his team to multiple president trophies, but he never won a cup? Multiple president's trophies never won a cup. Colorado just captain. won it. Tampa Bay just won it. It's recent. Yeah, but he's not he's not an active player. Oh, is it Jumbo? Nope. Oh, I don't know. Henrik Sedin. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. That's a good choice. Last, last tidbit for you. We are officially 40 days until opening night in the NHL. It's very, very exciting. Preseason games will start happening in a couple of weeks. It's almost here. We're finally ready for the drive would love it. i can't wait sorry anybody's ever <laughs> thank you for listening i'm very excited we'll get to you next week probably have another interview tim don't you think fire somebody up get someone on yeah. the pod we'll see yep the players are lining up to get on our podcast it's it's unbelievable we're we're trending in the nhl right now when it comes to the players all right i hope everybody has a good long weekend here in the usa labor day coming up so go out have some fun have a couple pops keep it safe keep it responsible but yeah have some fun i'll see everybody next week cheers Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.